It's March 21st, 2018, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to start with some of the geek beat, talking about Facebook and privacy settings. Then we're going to hear about STEM education and research in Okinawa and Hawaii, and an upcoming event focused on the topic at the East-West Center. And of course, uh, then we'll... Talk about the Creative Lab Hawaii program and the making of the movie Kuleana. We got Georgia Skinner and Brian Cohn here, and they're going to be talking to us right after the break. But, Ryan, we we talked a little bit about Facebook uh, this morning, and um, you had some pretty good recommendations on what to do if you don't want to cancel your account. Right, absolutely. Delete your account, right? Um, So what can we do? Facebook has worked its way into pretty much every aspect of life, not only the service itself, but also how you log into other websites Mm -hmm. and other tools. So certainly it might not be easy to hashtag delete Facebook as much as that's trending. So I think the concern is that a lot of these apps that you authorize when you use Facebook to log in or to take a personality quiz continue to have that access long Mm -hmm. after you've forgotten it. Mm -hmm. So you can go in Facebook and check your apps settings. So under the settings menu, you can click apps and see all of the apps that you've authorized. I checked this morning. I had 500 apps. A lot of these services don't even exist anymore. Right. I mean, they flamed out you know, quite spectacularly, and yet they technically still had access. If someone mm-hmm. bought the company or used that access to get the data that I provided, they still could. So you would recommend that you go in, delete all those apps that perhaps are Unfamiliar with you know how you know what you've done with it before, and just try to clean that all up, and that would help you in terms of uh, trying to protect some of the information that you have on Facebook. Absolutely. Now you can even there's another way to even turn off all apps, but unfortunately, I would say you probably use Facebook to do other things rather Mm -hmm. than just use Facebook. A quick tip is if you click the question mark on the desktop version of Facebook, they actually have something called the privacy settings settings or uh, the privacy uh, checklist, Mm -hmm. and under there, there's a faster way to delete apps. The problem is you still have to do it one at, at a, a time. time. Yeah, so if you've got 500, you've got a lot to do. I've got like 140, so <laughs> a little bit less. So there's your tip for today. Great. And, of course, uh, we want to welcome Bob Nakasone. He's from the World Uchinanchu Business Network, and he's here to tell us about the upcoming event over at the East-West Center mm. called STEM Education Research in Okinawa and Hawaii. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hi. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Good, good. So, you know, this is uh, an interesting sort of event that uh, is being first time in Hawaii. So tell us a little bit about this Okinawa Institute for Science and Technology. The, they call it OIS. It's the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology. Mm-hmm. It's a new university. It's about 10, 11 years old. And it's a university that has been uh, initiated by the Japanese government. And the reason for that is they want to uh, advance their research technology to be equivalent to the rest of the world. Well, that's interesting because I think I would have assumed that there's a lot of engineering talent in Japan producing uh, good work and research. What is the the impetus for uh, this government program to actually expand that science program or that that science talent in Japan? As you mentioned, engineering is excellent. They do a lot of engineering and manufacturing, but that's done in Japan. Mm. Science is is a worldwide effort, mm. and then you must collaborate with people all over in Europe and United States. Mm-hmm. And Japan felt that they were not on top of it, and then they needed to create an international science and technology university. Mm-hmm. Now, what what was it that really kind of brought this event here to Hawaii, and, and what do they want to perhaps accomplish by 
you know, being at the East-West Center to, to talk about STEM and education in Okinawa? Well, one of the reasons is uh, the president of OIST, mm-hmm. he's uh, German. He used to be the president of Mark Planck uh, Institute, which has had about 30 Nobel Prize winners. Right, right. They're mm-hmm. pretty, yeah, yeah. It's well-recognized. And then uh, he, this is his first visit to Hawaii, and he wanted to uh, sort of promote or let people know that his organization exists because it's a rather new organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I and gather the uh, the OIST, the, 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 the uh, Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology, is trying to, as you said, have this global appeal, but there must be a specific connection between Okinawa, its communities, and Hawaii to bring them here. Well, the connection is the person who thought of this program or project was Mr. Uh, Koji Omi, and at that time, he was in charge of Okinawa and uh, science and technology. So he just combined his two responsibilities, mm-hmm. and then OIS was created. Mm-hmm. Do you see potential collaboration between Okinawa and perhaps uh, you know OIS and the University of Hawaii? What is the end game here? Well, as far as uh, Hawaii is concerned, they are already collaborating with the University of Hawaii. Things in coral research, ocean research, mm-hmm. and things like that that mm-hmm. are very similar to Okinawa and Hawaii are very similar. They're both island economies, and and they have many things that are interest. And from the research point of view, they are collaborating. Okay. And uh, maybe tell us a little bit about this uh, event that's coming up and who are some of the speakers. Okay. The event is, of course, the keynote speaker would be the president of OIS, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Gruss, Peter Gruss. And he will be talking about uh, his institution and also the future of STEM because if, you know, uh, and the university is a graduate university, only PhDs and a lot of research. And in order to uh, broaden it for the Hawaii audience, we have a panelist of people who have started their careers in STEM. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we have uh, David Lesner, UH president. Mm-hmm. He was an IT guy. Absolutely. Governor Ige. I guess he was. He's an electrical yeah. engineer. That's right. Yep. Yeah, correct. And then we have Kent Kanashiro. Uh, he is a research biologist. He did research to eliminate uh, fruit flies, and they were use his research to eliminate it in Okinawa. Yeah, we've had Ken on the show talking about the exemplary state. Right, right. And he has done excellent lot, lot of things. And then we have uh, Glenn Lee, mm-hmm. the Wailua High School robotics team, award-winning robotics team. And recently he was one, the, one of the 10 finalists for the Global Teacher Award mm-hmm. that Bill Gates offered. And... Uh, uh, so we have a very notable speakers so, there. Fantastic. So tell us where and when is this taking place? This will be taking place at the East-West Center, Emin uh, uh, Convention Hall. And it will start at 1 o'clock on March 26. That's Monday. That's Monday. Uh-huh. That's Monday. It's Kuhio Day, so parking is free. Nice. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so where can people go to sign up? They can call up the East-West Center. Mm-hmm. Nine four four seven one one one. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Okay. And then, uh, uh, then you can always always look at the East West Center's website. But I think I might have a link too, and I'll post that up on the show. Yeah, I appreciate for, that. For, uh, later on tonight. So thanks, Bob, for joining us. Okay, appreciate your attention here. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Georgia Skinner and Brian Cohn, and we'll talk about the Creative Lab Hawaii program and the movie Kuliana. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. My favorite HPR moment, my wife Judy, who sings with several choirs and I were heading into town in the car, listening to the radio, and suddenly Beethoven's Ode to Joy came on, and Judy started singing along. It was a magical moment because Beethoven's Ode to Joy was on the radio, and only with HPR would that ever happen. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us to talk about... uh, Creative Labs and the movie Kuleana. We've got Georgia Skinner and Brian Cohn. Of course, uh, Georgia is the chief officer of the state's creative industries division within the Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism. Meanwhile, Brian is the writer, director, producer of the Hawaii-based film Kuleana that will see its statewide theatrical release on March 30th. His film was also the product of Creative Lab Hawaii, a program in that creative industry division. And, of course, we want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Brian, I want to start off with you and then kind of ask you what goes through the mind of a writer, producer, and director, and what do you need to do to actually get your work, let's say, into a finished product, published and and and, and film, you know, film distributed, and, distributed and shown in the theaters. Yeah, I'm I'm probably a unique creature in that um, I I really do work from conception to completion mm-hmm. and and. Kuleana is the second one of this nature with, with Get a Job, uh, another movie that we produced entirely in Hawaii with an all-Hawaii cast starring uh, Henry Capono and, and Willie Kay and Augie T and so many others back in uh, 2011. It was my first time through it um, from page all the way to distribution. And, and we got so far uh, through film festivals and, and we did theatrical but not through the chains. I uh, ended up renting theaters throughout the state of Hawaii. So so um you know that was a that was a cutting of the teeth process. <laughs> so coming into Kuleana I had a, I had a, I had a now I understood what I was up against. And in this day and age not just the independent motion picture producer writer director but the studios as well. We used to make movie three times. We'd we'd uh we'd write it, we'd produce it and then we'd edit it, we'd do the post. And then it was somebody else's problem to market it or distribute it. But that's not how it works. At every stage of the game marketing it, is uh, informs every part of the process. So I understand that probably better than anybody because I, I, I also have a lengthy experience in, in marketing. So as a filmmaker, I'm not intimidated by that part. So with Kuliana, I was able to uh, put what I learned with Get a Job and everything else that I, that I already had a sense of in practice. So it was built, it was constructed, it was shot, it was, it was uh, edited, and it was prepped with the end goal in mind, which for me, the end goal was a legitimate theatrical run in the state of Hawaii. And it's not simply for my, myself, my ego, and, and our, our cast and our crew, but, but like Georgia and like so many others in the state of Hawaii, I'm very concerned about the creation of this industry and what I can do, what my kuleana is in its creation. And so I feel like it's, uh, it's been over 10 years, almost 10 years since a, a Hawaii movie's had a legit theatrical run. And when a movie plays in real theaters, people think it to be a real movie. Mm-hmm. It could be the same movie, 
but um, as one that maybe didn't achieve that. But but so it's all caught up in perceptions. Mm-hmm. We have a perception in the state of Hawaii, an unfortunate perception that. Uh, locally originated content is inferior to that of our Hollywood co- counterparts. Or you might just you say, oh well, it's at the Hawaii International Film Festival, and that's their that, that's the extent of yeah, the, like, that's, the that's the pinnacle. <laughs> that's the pinnacle, or Which you know, it's not a bad thing either. But or yeah, or or a locally originated movie, you know, will play at, at, at a theater one night or at the community college. It's always event based, mm-hmm. and it, and it, I'm not saying that we don't have an audience in Hawaii that supports this. We just support it through a certain very narrow paradigm mm-hmm. of it's a it you know it fits in this little box. I'll go see it. If I didn't because I was busy, it's not that important. I'll wait around. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see it on DVD if I ever get around to it. So so that's all well and good from an audience perspective, but that doesn't help an industry because if you don't have an audience, you cannot finance a motion picture. And a big important motion picture is going to cost a lot of money mm-hmm. and you need to be able to afford talent. You need to be able to afford to write a good product. So so for me, the, uh, the, the top of the mountain, my goal, ultimate goal with this project, my growth uh, was to make sure we achieved this statewide on behalf of ourselves and others so that we have a chance at shifting the paradigm in the minds of an audience statewide, a paying audience, if you will. Mm-hmm. And if Kuliana can do decent numbers, if we can do really good on the business side, it's going to loosen up financing because... We will have us producers, indies, who are, who are out there trying to raise money for these sorts of things. We can rarely ever credibly answer the question, how are you going to make your money back with a locally originated movie? Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, is what I think is going to happen. If Kuliana can do it, then we are all going to have at least one example to point towards. We are we expect that we can do you know theaters the way Kuliana did. Mm-hmm. We can do this. We can do that. So so this is this is uh, gives you a little window into why um, being in theaters statewide was so very very important to me. And and um, I and and as much satisfaction as I I felt last year, you know, film festivals and the success we had all over. Um, I, I always still had my eye on this particular prize mm-hmm. and trying to overcome it because sure. it's not easy. There's a well, reason. There's simple. many reasons why it's been almost 10 years. So yes. let's talk about that industry with the Creative <laughs> Industries Division. Now, Georgia, as you can see, and Brian, you have a passionate, driven, big picture thinking person who has this past success. He cut his teeth and he's driving forward. But certainly your interest is also to foster that industry. So talk about the program, the Creative Lab Hawaii, and what it does for filmmakers like Brian. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think that it's such a, a powerful tool to be able to leverage the talent that's here, put them together with mentors that are really established in their careers. And again, these are not people that come into Creative Lab that are uh, nascent writers. They're people that are accomplished, and they're people like Brian who want to just hone that craft a little bit more to be able to either raise the money, to be able to produce these things, and they all have varying degrees of of different visions. So what's critical to building the industry is having an accelerator like this that builds both screenwriters, producers, directors, web series um, producers, and, and those that are doing nonfiction web series even, uh, like you guys. I'm sure someday you'll like to do that. Uh, <laughs> Bird <but> TV. <laughs> Bird yeah, right. TV, yeah. But, but the most important thing is that you, it's not isolated. Everything is integrated into this big web of connectivity. And that means talent, 
proper infrastructure, meaning you have theaters to actually display these films and you build an audience who then has an expectation to see the next thing. And what does that do? That helps you to market and pitch to those decision makers that you may want to license this to television. Maybe you want to license it to uh, the History Channel or Netflix or Hulu. Well, this is what is happening with Kuliana as a great example. We're trying at Creative Industries to open up new markets for all the areas of the creative sectors, film included, that really is all about the most uh, amazing access now for opportunity. And that is that uh, with the the entire disruption of our media and music and every other industry mm-hmm. on the planet, now is the time for things like Creative Lab to take hold, to be able to eventually have a, a film finance fund and be able to stand behind projects like this and others that, um, you know, are coming out of the program. We've had, you know, dozens already. So- so Georgia, you know, when we're kind of familiar with the accelerator model where you have the blue startup, so you have Accelerate UH, uh, and they have their cohorts, right? And then they mm-hmm. apply and they participate in, in the program. How does Creative Labs attract uh, a Kuliana or Brian? I mean, was was it a cohort that you participated in yes. or was it a project that you just pitched to, to Georgia? How did that <laughs> relationship start? Um, Go for it, I was Brian. part of the 2014 Writers Intensive. It was the second year. It was the second cycle. So, so I had an awareness of what was going on. So once I looked into it and I, and I had an understanding of, of the nature of it, that it was a mentorship coaching on the business side, it wasn't so much about making you a better screenwriter, though that certainly is part of the result. Um, I was attracted be- because on the surface, uh, Michael, who, who runs, you know, is, is the head of the program, or at least uh, is the hands-on part of it. Um, that's what his focus was on, mm-hmm. is taking, um, taking scripts, taking individuals, and putting us in, in a room together for a week and being honest about what we're, what we're doing and collaborating. You get, you get a lot of feedback from, from, uh, from others. So for me, I, I was fortunate that the timing of such a program emerged when I was at that, at that stage of, of polishing um, you know, on paper. But I will go on to add that the benefits of the program for me and for Kuliana uh, transcend just making it a better screenplay is I come away with the connectivity now to all, with all of these people within the lab, other peers, other people that I, that I now collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And Michael wasn't just there for a week and he wasn't just there for a year. He's in my life today and has continued to be a mentor for this project. So... Creative uh, Lab, um, you know, it's just a matter of good timing, I think. And, and so I feel really blessed to have been a part of it and excited that so many now are also getting to participate. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, it's a big deal. <laughs> I do want to ask you a little bit more about uh, the actual movie, Kuliana, and maybe you can share just some, some teasers on, on what the plot line is. No spoilers. Want to hold that thought? We'll be right back, right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Georgia Skinner and Brian Cohn about movie making in Hawaii and the movie Kuliana. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Georgia Skinner and Brian Coney about the movie Kuliana and the Creative Lab Hawaii program. And, of course, uh, right before the break, we're teasing the uh, audience about what it is that the really – 
you know, what was it that you're writing about? What is Kuliana all about? What, what was the inspiration for it? Well, Kuliana is a, a story that I started writing about 13 years ago. But in truth, I probably started writing it when I was a child. In 1969, my family was fortunate to move to Maui from Detroit, Michigan. I was five years old, and we lived in Ma'alaya, where every day I would watch the island of Kualavi mm-hmm. be annihilated by the Navy. And I'd ask adults, what's going on? And they'd say, oh, well, you know, the Navy's bombing the island, as though this was acceptable. Uh, it, through the eyes of an innocent child, this was absolutely unacceptable, and it burned a hole in my heart. And so... Uh, our family also was involved in the Proteco Alabi Ohana in the late 70s. The issue's always been really powerful. So I would say the inspiration for this movie really uh, derives from that and, and a lifetime of not only uh, witnessing the reemergence of the Hawaiian culture and also being acutely aware of the indignity suffered by the native Hawaiian people, uh, but a sincere desire to do what I can because I think that everybody in Hawaii, doesn't matter where you're from, if you're here, you got a kuleana. And uh, so I identified that uh, this is one of mine. Great, great. And I I mean, I only saw the trailer. It looks beautiful and compelling. You can go to hawaiicinema.com and see it as well. Of course, the theatrical release is what really mm-hmm, matters, mm-hmm. so be ready for that. Yes. Um, I thought Brian spoke really eloquently about the community, the, the mentors and the relationships that mm. are very important. So, Georgia, how do you bridge that gap between what someone would see, see as the public sector, the government, and what you see say, even just movie theaters and the private sector and a, and a real movie release? How, how do you make that connect? Well, we make it connect by the connective tissue of the community that has already started to emerge. We've had a great history in Hawaii of storytellers. Obviously, it's part of the native language. But I think in in these uh, new times, how do you make the bridge between government and something like a release like this by creating solid programs with mentors, just like any tech accelerator, Mm. that is not only going to build a relationship for the long term, with people and decision makers like uh, Michael Palmieri, our lead mentor for the program, or any of the noted Academy Award-winning writers, producers that are the mentors for the program. But it is that constant interconnectivity that we have to reach out to develop as a government agency. And this is a great example of Hawaii Cinema creating, this is a new business spun out, right? It's a startup from a creative lab accelerator that didn't just, you know, help Brian get his film made. He's now created basically almost a distribution company. Mm. And that is what entrepreneurs need to think about today as a creative entrepreneur. It's not just about the creative. And you said that very well in the beginning, Brian, that you have to be the 360 degree person that is going to be a brand and be successful. And you can stay here in Hawaii and do it. And Creative Lab is proving that. So in terms, and Brian, you mentioned this earlier about trying to change the paradigm. And rather than having the film be shown as an event, you know, have it actually be a, a run in a theater. Mm-hmm. Now, your movie is out. I mean, how do you establish that with the existing theaters when there's only a few movies that come out every year? I mean, and you said <laughs> Uh, Kailani was like what? Princess Kailani. Yeah, Princess Kailani, I think, was 2012, Mm -hmm. and that was the last Hawaii um, motion picture to be in the chain theaters. Um, This was certainly a process that I've been after for quite some time. Get a Job was not able to achieve this uh, break. Uh, Last year, we were really struggling to to get these, uh, these doors to open. 
stayed after it, stayed after it, and then finally uh, talked, I suppose, to the right people. Maybe I think, too, that the motion picture industry, cinema industry, has really been struggling. So I think at the mm-hmm. national level, they probably had some pretty sober conversations over the winter about, hey, we have to maybe think about, you know, what I think out of the box a little bit. What can we do? And so... Somehow, at the beginning of the year, when I circled back, um, I found a couple of folks, both with Redding and Redding is consolidated, and with uh, Regal, and they were willing to give us a chance. and And uh, so that's it. That's all I that's need. Big. I just need a crack in the door. And and uh, so myself, our crew, Adi Alad, our editor, uh, producer Stefan Schaefer, and and so many others uh, whom I work with, who are so very gifted. Uh, we, we've just um, we were ready for this. So I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, when you see the start of a movie and all of the the distribution credits come up. I mean, now some of the biggest movies are also going through China. You'll see like six or seven logos. But it <laughs> sounds to me that with your own self built distribution um, process, um, that might not necessarily be the case. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, and and uh, I got caught with my pants down on that one. I've never really built one of those big fancy, you know, things at the front. This, you know, the Paramount Mountain or the Lion. <laughs> or anything. So our movie is just kind of starts. Um, uh, but I think that's fine because the movie is one that grabs you in the first minute. So it's one that I, I think it's appropriate not to have all that pomp and circumstance. If you sit down in the cinema, well, I'm really excited it consolidated because if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Georgia, but uh, John DeMello's consolidated trailer is likely to play <laughs> right up until the beginning of our motion picture, unless they show a box of popcorn and a hot dog dancing on the screen. Well, they do uh, have that too. Oh, uh, well that's good. And some of our students at the Academy that's for Creative exciting. Media do a lot of those uh, wonderful promos as well. So, so Georgia, shout how, out to them. How, how does the program help Brian's uh, product get aired in Hawaii, but also into theaters on the mainland? I mean, how does that work? Well, he... Yes. You know, how does that how work? Does that how work? does that work? <laughs> well, you, huh? let me explain it to you, okay? Okay. This is how it works. Okay. Okay, obviously marketing, like you said, is key. So, he will have... Um, a landmark moment here in Hawaii. We hope that all the theaters do well, and we thank all the neighbor island theater owners and operators for supporting this film. But we can now say Hawaii Cinema is its own distribution entity, and now take a look at what we have to offer on the mainland. Mm. Uh, I think using that work that we have already to uh, market any of our success stories in the program like this is critical, and we maintain that and do that you know, 24-7, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to all the other responsibilities that we have. All right, so Brian, <laughs> next week's a big week for you. Tell us about it. Where can we go? Um, anywhere in Hawaii, almost. Um, on Oahu, we are in Consolidated at Kapolei, at Pro Ridge, and Kahala. On Kauai, we'll be opening at Kukui Grove Cinema in Lihui. On Maui, we'll be opening in Maui Mall in Kahului and Wharf Cinema Center in Lahaina. And on the Big Island, we'll be out in Keaho in Kona and Prince Kohio in Hilo. Nice. In addition, we'll also be scre- opening in, uh, in Guam. Uh, huh. through Regal. So we have nine total theaters that we open in next week, Friday. And I actually just uh, got off the phone with somebody. We're going to be opening in, in, a, in a little theater, an indie theater in Portland as well next week. So wow. is, there, is, a, is there a website that, fun. that lists all this or do they just go to the paper and see what the you know the movie listings are? You know, you can go to hawaiicinema.com and you okay. can see a little more on the theaters. You can, you can definitely see the trailers and learn a little bit more. And the other thing you can find out about is uh, we have a whole other thing we're doing, um, theatrical on demand on the mainland. It's a technology... Mm-hmm. 
uh, based um, paradigm, how Mana K.O. Wolford was able to exploit this in the early days of this paradigm. So uh, we're sort of following uh, his lead. Okay. We have 30 screenings set up across the country right now. It's the Halals, the Hula schools nice. primarily, that are really getting behind the movie. So it's awesome. Real yeah. quick, where can we find out the, yes. the next uh, Creative Labs? Well, Creative Labs, the uh, we're open right now for applications. So April 15th is the deadline. We have a call Ooh, coming up, up on March 28th. If you want to learn more, go to creativelab.hawaii.gov, and we'll look forward to uh, hearing your voice on the call and seeing your submissions. Very good. Exciting Of course, stuff. Georgia Skinner is the chief officer <laughs> for the Creative <laughs> Industries Division. Brian Cohn wrote, produced, and directed Kuliana, which sees theatrical release on March 30th. Thank you, both for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Aloha. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll find out about the statewide STEM conference in April. And of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch up on with us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. And of course, you stay safe, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Remember.